Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Once again, always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us. We're going to go right back into the book of Psalms, Psalms 34, please. And verse number 8, kind of our key verse with the series we've been working through, talking about God is, praise God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And He's good all the time. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, praise God. In other words, it pays to trust in the one that's good, amen? Taste and see, which means to perceive and experience that the Lord is good. And that's really why we've been doing this series, talking about God is, and basically, or primarily, it comes out of the fact that just God is good all the time. And what we're seeing is the different aspects or characteristics, manners, the ways of God, who God is, amen, is what we've been working through talking many different angles, and uh, sometimes I always think about a, a word that comes up in Scripture is a word called manifold, talking about like the manifold wisdom of God or the manifold grace of God or the manifold works of God, it even talks about, amen, and what it's talking about is this multifaceted, multi-sided, uh, variegated is talking about, is that word, what it means, and that's really who God is, there's just these all these different sides of God. I always get kind of um, thrilled when I think about uh, I think it's like Revelations 4 or something like that. It's in there, and it talks about the 24 elders sitting. You know, he's at the throne, and the 24 elders sitting before him, and the four living creatures that, that are going around the throne just constantly. And every time they come around, they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And every time they go around, they say that again with such enthusiasm and such exuberance and everything. And you think, well, how in the world could they just keep doing that? Well, what's happening? Every time they go around God, they see another facet of God that just thrills their heart. And all of a sudden, that this thing overwhelms them, and they begin to magnify Him some more, praise God. And all the uh, elders begin to hit the ground again just in worship. It just It's like a nonstop thing that goes on because God is so multi-sided. All right, And that's why I feel like this series has been good because it just kind of gives us an opportunity to look at some of the different sides of God. Now, every bit of it dovetails together. I mean, there's no doubt about it, okay? They kind of overlap each other a little bit here and there. And that's right. That's the way it should be. Amen. But it all comes out of the fact that God is just good, and He's good all the time. Praise God. Today, we're going to talk about God is our peace. Amen. And we're going to kind of bounce back and forth of the, uh, the new covenant, old covenant a little bit here. We're going to go to Hebrews, start, uh, start this off today. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, please. Hebrews 13. <clears throat> and let's see, maybe I'll read a couple verses here, verse 20 and 21. It just says, now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. In other words, may the God of peace make you complete. All right, now that's a key word here. Okay, uh, maybe sometimes a crossword might say perfect, mature, but it's talking about wholeness or completeness. Make you complete in every good work to do his will. Amen. Working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the point is, is that the God of peace is here to make you complete. Now, hang on to that. With that said, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, just back up a couple books or so here. Amen. A few books, actually. 
And I'm going to go to a verse. Uh, I think we actually even touched on this uh, some time back, but we're going to look at it now in the light of this. It just says, verse 23, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify or set you apart, okay, make you complete, it says. May he, what, sanctify you completely, okay, saying it again, and may your whole, okay, complete spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now obviously a verse we read when we were talking about God being faithful, because the next verse kind of brings that out also. But here we're seeing the God of peace is there again making you complete, okay? Sanctify, set you apart, make you different, make you complete, okay? And it even says holy, okay, spirit, soul, and body. Remember, you're a three-part being. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, mind, will, emotions, mental faculties, okay, and you live in a body, okay? But it says here he wants you to be sanctified completely, okay? But the God of peace is a part of that. Now, why is that? Okay, both these references we read. The word peace itself, irene, is the Greek word. Now, of course, the Hebrew word is going to be shalom, which is going to come up here, okay? But irene is this word here, and basically both the Old Covenant and New Covenant mean the same thing. Uh, but it means wholeness. It means completeness. Now, keep that in mind, right? Set at one. That was bring everything back to at one again, back to way original states, what it refers to. It means the rule of order in the place of chaos, okay? That's huge, okay? So talk about stuff like uh, a lot of synonyms here, harmony, rest, restore, restitution, it literally brings out to everything that makes for man's highest goods. When you start thinking about the God of peace, okay, who is our peace, okay, which we're going to find out here, okay, he's here to make everything whole, bring everything back to one, back into its divine orders, what it means, what it refers to, eliminating chaos, bringing everything into a place of wholeness, praise God, or peace. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 33, it says, God is not the author or the originator of confusion, okay, but of peace, okay? Now, that word confusion refers to disorder or chaos. So God's not the author of disorder. He's not the author of chaos. He's the author of peace, that which brings wholeness, praise God, okay? With that said, let's go to Romans. Now, we're kind of cruising through this, but doing this on purpose here. Romans chapter uh, 10, please. Romans chapter 10, and I was hopefully this will come out in a way where you can kind of see the importance of understanding this facet of God about peace, okay? Romans 10 and verse 15, of course, we're kind of jumping in the middle of some statements here, but he said, how shall they preach unless they're sent? Okay, talking about a preacher, right? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach, now get this, who preach or teach, who speak forth the gospel of peace, okay, the good news of peace. That's what we're even doing right now. We're speaking the good news of peace, okay, who brings also glad tidings of good things. So that's why, see, a preacher's job isn't to always bring bad news. Now, we're not, you know, to, to steer clear of, of things that need to be addressed, obviously, but he's talking about we're here, we're sent, to bring forth good news, okay? Good news of what? Well, of peace, of wholeness, completeness, 
See, the God of peace is here to make you complete, to make you whole, all right, to bring everything back into a divine order, to remove or drive back chaos in order to bring forth, amen, peace or wholeness or completeness, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in other words, it brings order in the place of chaos, okay? That's what the message is that we preach, all right? Another reference on that, maybe write this down, but Ephesians 6 and verse 15, talking about the armor of God, one of those pieces of armament was to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So part of what you have to understand, a part of your warfare is getting out there, not only speaking and preaching about wholeness and completeness, but also walking it out, praise God, moving forth, taking ground, bringing wholeness everywhere you go. So not only is he the God of peace, but amen, hallelujah, as we're going to see here, he sent uh, the Prince of Peace, why? To preach peace, why? So you and me could walk in peace. So everywhere we go from here on out, preaching peace, praise God to all that need it. Amen. So anyway, a powerful thing. So with that, I kind of, like I said, kind of got a little ahead of myself, but let's go to Ephesians now. Ephesians 2, praise the Lord. Ephesians 2, let's read some of this. All right. Verse, um, well, let's see, how about verse 13? Kind of back up here and finish this little statement here. It says, now, uh, but now in Christ Jesus, uh, 2.13 of Ephesians, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once, look at this, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Of course, talking about you and me coming into the things of God, the family of God because of the blood of Christ. So that we just know who he's talking about here. Verse 14 now. For he himself is our peace, okay? So now we're finding out Jesus is our peace, okay? Okay, remember the God of peace now sent, okay, Mr. P. Come on now, here we go. He himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, okay? Of course, it's talking about between God and man, Jew and Gentile, between one another. Actually, depending on how you get into this and look at this, it's dealing with all areas, okay? He's here to bring wholeness or peace, okay? Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. In other words, it ain't about a bunch of, of do's and don'ts anymore, okay? It's about what God has done, the price that's being paid in order to bring wholeness. And as I said here, it brings forth, he says, to eliminate separation between God and man, between Jew and Gentile, between mankind as a whole, one another kind of a deal. So he's here to eliminate separation, bringing wholeness or completeness, all right? Verse 16, and that he might, here we go, reconcile them both to God in one body. Of course, this is talking about Jew and Gentile, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity or the war, okay, uh, that goes on to death, the enmity, right? And he came and preached peace, to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. All right. So, of course, like I said, there's a bunch in here being said, but the bottom line is he eliminated the walls between God and man, between Jew and Gentile, and between you and me, or brethren, amen, one another, however you want to say it. So he came to bring peace. Now, the word peace in itself, as I said now, again, is a word that brings wholeness or completeness to bring back at one or set at one or the rule of order in the place of chaos. In other words, eliminating chaos, bringing in peace, amen, wholeness, completeness is what this is about, all right? Hallelujah. Now, 
when you go back here and you look at this, he himself is our peace, okay? Now, we got quite a few references. You know, you go back and you see the prophecy in Isaiah 9, and it said in his name will be called, one of his names will be called the Prince of Peace, okay? He's here to bring peace. He's now the prince, or one, another word is captain, okay, or the Lord of, or, okay, the prince of, or the captain of. In other words, he's captain Captain Peace here, amen. But the bottom line is he, he was sent, right, to preach peace, all right? Okay, he is peace. He came from the God of peace, amen. He's the prince of peace that was sent to preach peace so you could have peace, walk in peace, amen, experience peace in a whole new way, praise God. All right, praise God. In Luke 2, Amen. Uh, you know, when the scripture says when, when uh, the Lord was birthed onto the earth, okay, one of the things it said, I said, when the angels were singing, they said, glory to God in the highest. Now get this, on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Now what they're saying is, Mr. Peace, the Prince of Peace is now on earth. I mean, when you start looking at all this from the beginning of, you know, the, as, far, as far as his birth, on the earth, and then his ministry, those 33 years of ministry, you know, that we see him on the earth, amen, uh, I guess the last three and a half years are really his ministry years, but the bottom line is that whole time, it's about the Prince of Peace, Mr. Peace, amen, peace on earth now is here, he preached peace, amen, it's just, it's just amazing how you just start looking at this, everywhere he went, it was about making things whole, making things complete, bringing everything back into its rightful order, eliminating chaos, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, that's exactly what you see, he pushes back chaos, he didn't allow chaos, he overrode chaos, amen, he brought in wholeness, Amen. The rule of order brought things in divine order. Tried to bring everything back into a, a rightful order, praise God. Put things in a rightful place. Brought things into a rightful understanding. Amen. A lot of things, even about the enemy and all that kind of stuff. He brought everything into a place of understanding, amen, who God is and who your enemy is. He brought all things into uh, an understanding about uh, the difference of uh, what the enemy does as far as stealing, killing, destroying, oppressing, deceiving, all that kind of stuff, and what God does and how God is good, bringing everything back into order. He brought everything back into order as far as our relationship with one another, as far as our relationship with God. Amen. It's amazing when you start looking at what it means as far as the gospel of peace or him preaching peace. Amen. So we all experience that peace. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Acts 10. Now let's go to Acts 10. Hallelujah. And this is Peter preaching. And... Um, kind of confirms again, amen, what we've been talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go to verse uh, 34. I'm going to get the next right page here. Here we go. Verse 34, Acts 10, 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. And, of course, he's talking to Cornelius' household, which... At the moment, see, they're Gentiles outside the covenants of God, but we're about to find out that wall of separation's been removed here, okay? But in every nation, whoever fears him or reveres or respects him, approves him, right, works righteousness and is accepted by him, praise God, all right? The word which uh, God uh, sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, 
all right, verse 37, that word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good, here we go, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now what you're seeing is, okay, the Prince of Peace doing what he's designed to do, not only preaching peace, but walking it, praise God. Then that's why we're called now to do the same exact thing, the same works that he did, we're called to do. We go out there with our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, preaching peace, praise God, as it says even in Romans 10 again, amen, and we preach that message, of that gospel, that good news of peace, praise God, bringing wholeness everywhere we go. Now, this is a facet of God that everybody needs to know and understand. God is always about restoring, always about bringing wholeness and healing, praise God. Amen. It's amazing that even when people turn and run from God, how when they turn back, when they repent and they turn back toward God, how God is even there right, right away, there as you draw near to him, here he is, draw near to you, amen, to restore, to bring things back into order. That's how good your God is. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, a couple references here, um, you know, out of Isaiah, Isaiah 54 and 10, he just said, my covenant, this is what he prophesied here, my covenant, or pardon me, my kindness, my covenant kindness, what it means, shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Now, this is the heart of God way back in Isaiah's day, okay? In Isaiah 53 and 5, he said he was wounded, prophesying about Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement or the correction for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed, praise God, or are healed, praise the Lord. Now, the point is, in fact, the New Covenant says we're healed, so that's it updates it basically, all right? So it's a past tense done deal. Now, the point I'm trying to make is Jesus paid a price, amen, amen, for our peace, amen. So the God of peace, here we go again, the God of peace sent the, the Prince of Peace to preach peace and to administer peace, amen, then turned around and gave us the same commission to go preach peace, the gospel of peace, to shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, to go everywhere bringing wholeness, completeness, or we could say peace into every situation, praise God. Again, remember in 1 Corinthians 14, as we talked about a minute ago, 30, that God's not the author or the origin or originator of, of uh, confusion, chaos, okay, disorder, that word also means, amen, but he is the author of peace, amen, wholeness. Now, I thought this was interesting. I thought maybe you might like to know this, but the word shalom in the Hebrew, uh, you know, the old covenant, uh, the word shalom meaning the same thing, but when you look at the word uh, shalom, in in the uh, in the Hebrew lettering, okay, it's it's actually how the letters form the, the language of of the uh, Hebrew is pretty pretty amazing, okay. Uh, so they everything's like pictures, okay. You put them together and it spells you know a, a, a sentence basically it spells out a word, a statement, a, a sentence. Praise God! It's amazing how it works, okay. But the word shalom. Uh, when you break down every letter, it means this, okay, because every letter means something. It means to destroy the authorities causing chaos. That's what peace means, 
to destroy. When you break the word down into letter by letter, it means the authority, or, or pardon me, to destroy the authorities causing chaos. To destroy the authorities causing chaos. So that's exactly what peace is. Now, the reason I thought I'd bring that out, because what we're talking about peace, let's, I'm going to tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that peace is, you know, the absence of, uh, you know, warfare, okay, or the absence of war, because when you really stop and think about it, there are times you have to go to war. There are times you have to, in a sense, step into a place of warfare, okay? So peace doesn't necessarily mean the absence of that kind of thing, but what it does mean is the absence of chaos and disorder, okay? And that's what we're talking about. So when he says, you know, uh, he's the God of peace, doesn't mean you know, we all drive a Volkswagen bug with flowers painted on it and go, peace, brother. You know, now, obviously, if people enjoy that, whatever, that's their business. But the bottom line is, that's not what he's bringing out here. He's bringing out that, that he's here to, to eliminate the chaos, to eliminate the disorder, to eliminate anything that, that is incomplete or not whole. He's here to make things right and whole. Amen. And what he does restore, amen, is amen, that place of chaos that would be between one another or Jew and Gentile or what that at one time was a wall between God and man. And that is not there, praise God, because he is the God of peace who sent the priest, uh, prince of peace, amen, to preach peace for you and me, praise God, and bring wholeness and completeness. Praise God. A lot said there, praise God. When you kind of look at that definition, Again, to destroy the authorities causing chaos. It starts making sense when Jesus in Mark 4, in verse 39, talk, see where he says, Peace be still, uh, to, uh, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Remember that whole situation there? We stood up in the boat, and he rebuked uh, the, the sea and spoke to the wind, right? Come on now. Hallelujah. Peace be still. All right? Now, when you stop and you think about that, okay, what's he doing? He's eliminating chaos. Amen. Even in the scripture, it says the God of peace in Romans 16 and 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Okay. Again, it's talking about eliminating the chaos. Okay. It's not just something that just makes everybody have to get along now. That's not what it's re referring to. It's talking about eliminating chaos, eliminating disorder, bringing wholeness, bringing completeness, everything back to divine order. Amen. Is what it's talking about. Again, I keep repeating myself, but I'm doing it on purpose, all right? 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 13. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, uh, let's read here. Uh, this is kind of part of the uh, uh, final, like, uh, benediction here. You're going to kind of see it in this. Uh, verse 11, verse or 2 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, finally, brethren, farewell, become complete. I love that. Become complete, amen. Be of good comfort, be of one mind or like-minded, okay? But it says here, live in peace, okay? And that word is referring to uh, live peaceably, or one, one might say that, but it's talking, it's talking about how you conduct life or live, purpose to live in this place of peace, right? And the God of love and peace will be with you, all right? Now, what I'm talking about here now is give you just a few little things about living this life 
of peace, what it really means, okay, living without the chaos, amen. So first and foremost, he's talking about here, you know, you're going to have to purpose here, okay, to grab hold of this, accept it, receive it, and walk in it, praise God, is what he's talking about. And it says, and the peace, right, the, the God of peace, the God of love, it says, and peace will be with you, praise God. Good, good point. Uh, Colossians 3, uh, verse 15, maybe, well, maybe I'll turn to it. Colossians 3, we'll go ahead and turn to it. Colossians 3, hallelujah. Uh, verse 15, uh, yeah, let the peace of God rule, I love this, in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful, all right? Let the peace of God rule. Now, here it says, let it rule. Okay, what that means is let it govern. That word means also to regulate, to manage. Uh, when you kind of break it down, it kind of almost sounds like, acts like an umpire in a sense. So it's kind of determining a yay or a nay kind of thing, you know, uh, safe or not, or what, you know, that kind of thing. So, but what it is, the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, okay? Something complete. But what he's talking about here is don't let chaos control. When he's talking about regulating your life, okay, let the peace of God regulate it, okay? So when you're about ready to make some choices and decisions, don't be dictated to or governed by any kind of chaos, okay? Understand that the God of peace is here on the scene, and that's what he's bringing out here, okay? Don't let, you know, the chaotic situation be the thing that controls you, or maybe something's happened, a lot of things going on, uh, time uh, crunches and all that kind of stuff that sometimes tries to create chaos, okay? What he's saying here is don't let that rule. He said let the peace of God rule, all right? So always lean on the God of peace, amen, on the message of peace, on the truth of peace, amen, so that you walk in peace. And that's what he's talking about, and the God of peace will be there, praise God. But you're going to have to Put your faith and your confidence and your trust in that, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. John 14 and verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I love this. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, it ain't like what the world, the world can't do this. The world ain't thinking like this, okay? Let not your heart, now get this, he said, let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Again, that was John 14 and 27. Okay, so don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, the point he's trying to make here is this, okay, that my peace is here on the scene. So don't, not only don't let chaos dictate, but here he says, don't let fear dictate. Don't let some kind of panic situation or fear be the thing that leads you, guides you, or regulates your decision-making here. He says, again, lean on the peace of God. He said, my peace, amen, I love this, my peace I give to you. You ain't going to find that kind of peace in the world. The world, everything about peace, when you start talking peace to the world, it gets so jumbled up and so messed up and, uh, you know, it always depends on who's talking it, you know, it just, it just, gets, it just gets a mess, okay? And believe me, okay, 
Uh, they have no idea of the true peace of God. Amen. So you and me as a believer, what he's saying is don't, don't give heed to all that mess out there, all that stuff that tries to bring not only the chaos, but bring the fear and all that kind of stuff. Instead, praise God, lean into God, trust in God, praise God. He's the God of peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Who wants the word is very clear that that peace, he wants that to be uh, with you, praise God. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself again. Okay, Psalms 37, okay, and verse 11. Just write these down, okay, as we kind of move through these. Okay, it just says, uh, the meek shall inherit the earth. Okay, so the meek, now that word uh, meek doesn't mean weak. It just, it literally means one that's teachable. When you break it down, it's one that's pliable or moldable, uh, teachable. Okay, is really what that word was. So when we're talking about the meek, John Harry's talking about those that are going to be teachable here. Those are going to hear and give heed to some things, right? And he says, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace, okay? So the meek shall inherit the earth, and what will happen is they will delight themselves, amen, in the abundance of peace. So the point bringing out again is stay pliable, stay teachable. Don't let everything else lead, guide, and direct, and push you around, okay? Don't let the fear, don't let the chaos... Okay, don't let all the confusion that's out there, that's kind of what he's bringing up, just stay locked on to God, let God help walk you through it. That's what he's talking about. The meek shall inherit the earth. In other words, you stay teachable, pliable, amen, and what will happen is it talks about here that you'll begin to delight yourself then in the peace that's available, that abundance of peace it even says here, amen. Another reference, Isaiah 26 and 3, okay, common reference here for, for many of us. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, all right? In fact, I believe in the Hebrew, it says there that perfect peace just says shalom, shalom, I believe is how it's worded in the Hebrew. You will keep him in a place of shalom, shalom. You know, when you stop and you think about uh, that greeting, it's a, it's a huge greeting, a common greeting for those, you know, uh, in that part of the world, and uh they, they don't ask anybody how they're doing. They don't go up and say, how are you doing? Like we would probably do in the States here. You know, we would ask people, how are you doing? And wait for some kind of response. And, and uh, maybe in some cases, wish you wouldn't have asked the question. You know how that is. But the bottom line is they, they greet each other saying, shalom, shalom. What they're saying is wholeness, completeness to you. And they usually answer back, shalom, shalom, wholeness and completeness. No uh, chaos, no disorder in your life. We, wholeness, everything back into rightful order for you. Prosperity, wholeness, completeness, health and wholeness. That's what they say when they say shalom, shalom. They basically tell each other how they're doing. I love that. You know, there's just something about that. And so this verse is saying you will keep him in a place of shalom, shalom, a perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So what he's bringing out here is a big key to this is keep your mind on the right things. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, praise God. And that's what he's talking about. If you will do that, praise God, amen, then you, what you've done is you've given place for the God of peace to manifest. In fact, some more references, Philippians 4 brings out that the peace of God, he defines it as that which surpasses all understanding, keeping your, or guarding your heart and your mind. In other words, it surpasses all. So when the peace of God's on the scene, it bypasses the warfare that maybe goes on with your mind, okay, about whatever you're dealing with, okay? Your mind might want to, you know, get overwhelmed by something, but he's saying, listen, if you will keep your mind stayed on things above, keep your mind 
on the prince uh, or on peace himself and the God of peace, amen, what will happen is, amen, all of a sudden the peace of God will be there that will override, what's that, what was that word? It will surpass, is what it says in Philippians 4 there, it will surpass all understanding. So in other words, it overrides maybe all that chaos, that chaotic uh, things that are trying to overwhelm your mind. It overwhel- or overrides it, surpasses it, and then begins to guard your heart and your mind. I thought that was, that was awesome, right? Another reference on that, Romans 8, 6. Of course, I love Romans 8, but part of there it says if you, to the guy that's spiritually minded, to them it's going to be life and peace. In other words, again, just saying the same thing. Choose and purpose. Set your mind on the things above. Set your mind on the God, amen, who will bring everything into order. So don't let the chaos, don't let the fear, don't let the, uh, you know, the, uh, the overwhelming, uh, you know, thoughts come. Amen. Set your mind on, on, on that which will bring wholeness and completeness. And guess what? Peace comes on the scene, praise God. Another reference on that, that kind of, to me, kind of fits, Psalms 119 and 165, it just says, Great peace have those who love your law or your word, and nothing causes them to stumble. Okay, so in other words, just telling you another thing to help set your mind on. Put your mind on the word. Put your mind on the things of God. What God has to say about these situations. And what will happen? Great peace will be there. Again, probably if you look that up, probably says shalom, shalom again. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, but the bottom line is, what he's saying is, okay, he's again, telling you the importance of setting your mind on the right things. If you'll do that, literally by doing that, it changes the atmosphere because the peace of God shows up on the scene, bringing wholeness and completeness. One more reference, and I'll let you go here. In 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and I thought this would be a good verse maybe to close with, praise the Lord. And again, part of um, uh, his benediction here, but he said in verse 16, 316 of 2 Thessalonians, now may the Lord of peace himself, I love this, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all, praise God. And that's my prayer for you, that may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, amen, in, or always in every way, praise God. And I'm praying, praise God, you got a hold of something today. I'm so grateful that you had an ear to hear, praise God. Hallelujah, hope you got something. Father, I give you praise. I give you glory for the people of God that listened in today, that watched today, praise God, that they truly had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. And again, grateful that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. We give you all the praise for this principle, all the praise for this, Lord God, we learn today, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.